Welcome back to the podcast. This week, Dwayne chats with Luke Cogden, Senior Director, Product Management, about Nutanix GPT in a box. I know AI-ready infrastructure is a hot topic, and today we will dive into how Nutanix can jumpstart your initiatives. Let's join the conversation. This week on the podcast, we are lucky to have Luke Condon. Welcome to the show. Hi, Dwayne. Good to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. I think hopefully this is the start of a couple AI-focused podcasts. I think we've been working in the background to secure Intel uh, as well for some future episodes. But the hot topic these days is GPT in a box. So maybe uh, tell the listeners what... <laughs> What is GPT in a box? Because at first glance, I'm a bigger guy. It sounds like food and either or it makes me happy. But what's GPT in a box? It could make a fun sandwich. But in this case, GPT is a whole new area that's sort of caught the world by fire. And it is all under the umbrella of AI and ML. And if you go read on Wikipedia, you'll see that AI and ML has been in constant study for about 70 years, since the 50s. However, it's gotten really exciting in the last, I'll say, two years because OpenAI did what any technology company wants to do, and they made it attainable and understandable by common people. So what I like to do with the comparison is just do a really simple comparison and say, roughly 23 years ago, Google came out with a beautiful single white HTML page with a single input box that said, ask me a question. And if you did, you would get, you know, about... I don't know, 100 results at a time and endless pages of link results. And you could go find your answer. And that was amazing. It was state of the art. And you can still do that today, of course. What OpenAI did is they said, here's another HTML page with another single input box. Ask me any question. But now I will immediately give you the answer. And the way that they've done this is with uh, generative pre-trained models, sometimes called foundation models. Um, that extra big companies have gone and built. And it's always the extra big companies because to build a model from scratch is a massive computational undertaking powered by hundreds, if not thousands of GPUs on billions and now trillions of data points. And the way they do it's really interesting. You can go read about it. I don't think I'll attempt to describe it, but it's deep science. And the reason we got here in the last couple of years was uh, advances in compute, both on the CPU and definitely on the GPU side. So we could actually apply massive compute resources in the cloud to this problem. Now, when they're done, you don't need a cloud to run this. You can take a model, and they're usually licensed with open source licensing. You can bring it into your private on-premises, and that's the key point where you can then add your own data to it. So if you're if you're a company that's been in business for 10, 20, 30 years, you probably have tons of documentation, lots of install guides, lots of knowledge-based articles. And what has really captured people's attention is, hey, can I use this really fun OpenAI style single input box, ask a question about my stuff and help people instantly get the answer and not just tons of links. So instant answer has immediate uh, benefit to, let's say, customer service people or SREs or support people or any, anyone internally. I'll tell you a, a popular uh, thing that I see internally for years is we use Slack at Nutanix. And I get lots of questions about how things work or what is supported. And that's all fine and well, but I'd love to have an interface that just gave people the answers instantly. That would be really fun. So this has caught the world's imagination by fire. 
lots of boards, lots of CEOs are all thinking, well, I would love to have this in my company. Uh, what do I need to do this? So you need a model, you need some expertise. And what Nutanix is bringing to the story is here's a turnkey platform, which is private. And the private part's really important because what organizations and companies are really worried about today is this training business that looks at trillions of data points, they love it, but they don't love it for their intellectual property, their, pri their private data, their roadmaps, their strategy documents, their uh, private KB articles. So they want to leverage it, but they don't want to expose their company to the outside cloud to get included into an open, easy to use data set. So they want the power of the model inside on their data. And that's exactly what Nutanix gives them. Uh, now, the beauty of the solution is it's the same Nutanix product we've always been providing. We have hardware providers for HCI, many different ones, now including Cisco, which is really exciting. You have NVIDIA GPU. We've been partnering with them for a solid six years, and we support lots of their cards. Um, in this case, for AI, you need a compute mode GPU, but they absolutely have those. Um, in addition, we give you the virtualization, the Kubernetes. Of course, you have AOS, which is our storage fabric in OS. And then we do one new thing. We leverage open source software for both PyTorch, where I can run a language model, and Kubeflow, where I can orchestrate and scale a set of models. Now, the difference is we're going to provide both leveraging open source, and we're going to make it easy for customers to install. Um, and you get to decide which one you want. If you have a small proof of concept, you can just use PyTorch. If you've got something bigger, you're going to want Kubeflow, which will call PyTorch in an operator fashion. But we're going to give you all the infrastructure. Now, we, we dived right in, but I think it's probably good to maybe mention what areas that you cover at Nutanix, because I think it it kind of shows some of the value of why why Nutanix for for this workload. Certainly, certainly. So I'm a senior director of product management at Nutanix. I've been here just under six years. Uh, and my umbrella of ownership that I, that I sort of guide and take care of is all of our compute products. So that recently includes AI and ML, but historically and still includes HB, which is our native hypervisor, NKE, formerly known as Carbon, which is our Kubernetes runtime provider, as well as the ecosystem of supported partners, and virtual desktop or end user computing. Right, cause I think I think a lot of the, or at least some of the value is the the whole stack nature of kind of all the add-on pieces that you end up needing, uh, object storage potential being one of them, uh, even even if it sits outside of your GPT in a box proof of concept. Um, and I I did notice too some on on going through LinkedIn feeds there was mention of Nutanix in the ML Commons benchmarking. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, I did see that. That's really exciting because this is a very open source centric set of solutions. And it's where people are publishing models, even if they have different licenses applied to them. The, the storage side is really important to us because once you bring that model in house, you'll run it on a GPU. But when you start looking at your own data, extending your data, um, that is adding your, your articles, your web pages, your KB uh, articles as well, you need to store them somewhere. So files and objects are part of the solution. And of course, they come native in AOS. And it's really important, I agree, that you want a vendor where you have optionality up the stack from, from the bottom starting at the hardware and all provided in one place. 
because one of the challenges that we're seeing with a lot of customers is, I'm really excited about this. I've got fear of missing out. Um, it seems that everyone's doing it, but I do not know where to start. Furthermore, if I do have an idea where to start, I still need help putting it all together. And that's where we can help because there's still going to be a skills gap. This is relatively new. I know I said 70 years, but when it comes to people doing this today, it's still relatively new. Customers need that assistance. And therefore, we do have three new services in addition to all infrastructure services that customers can choose to invest in, one for understanding, creating a plan, one for coming up with an architecture, and uh, one for just installing these if they need help. Now, an area we want to go in the future is automating the install to make that even simpler. But we still think customers will want to leverage integrators, value-added resellers, uh, vertical uh, solution providers to help them take that model and do the fine tuning to add their data to it. That, that's something that we're not including because it's a, it's a deep individual ex, uh, expertise area. And then ultimately on top of it, how does a company express what they want this product to be? Is it a Slack integration? Is it a, a GPT uh, chat bot? Is it a web page? sort of their version of the Google single box web page. No, that will be custom application design and implementation they would do. Now, like GPT is just one model. Are, are we able to slot in other ones with this service or today it's just GPT? Well, so as of today, it's GPT. That's, that's what we came up with the solution for. We're supporting three. Those are going to be a Llama 2, which originally came from Meta, um, Falcon, and MPT. But the infrastructure is agnostic. So if I do want to run a computer vision model or somebody else's model, uh, you, you could certainly do that. Not necessarily supported by us right now, but the infrastructure is agnostic. If you go to a, a partner like Hugging Face, they have thousands of, uh, of models. Now, you kind of mentioned hardware support. Can it be can be on Nutanix, but can it be on other? Can it be on, on Dell and Lenovo as well? Yeah, absolutely. This, this is the beauty of the platform so far, is any of the supported HCL hardware OEMs and partners that we have today with GPU compatibility support listed, they can all be used. Because essentially what's new is the AI software platform. That's the PyTorch and the Kubeflow. Everything else is standard Nutanix, everything we've been doing for years in a row. Maybe um, a good point to the difference between training and inferencing. Like we, are customers with the GPT in a box doing training or would they just be really consuming what's there? I'll, I'll say I've got a strong belief that most people are just going to be consuming. Training is that extremely compute intensive activity done in private or public clouds by four or five organizations. Um, our customers, it's my belief, our customers will take a published available model, bring it inside and fine tune it to extend it with their data and then run the models. So that falls into that camp of inferencing. Net new training, I don't really see customers doing. Now, if, if you're doing inferencing, can you get away without using GP, like GPUs? Because they... They're a very kind of hot commodity even to get access to, I think, uh, these days. Uh, you're, you're right about that. Some of the, what I'll call the Ferrari of the GPU is like the H100. They've got some very long lead times at the moment because they've been so incredibly popular. Uh, at the um, NVIDIA All Hands, Jensen did say that they were going to uh, open up the capacity this year. We'll see when that happens. 
But it's worth noting there are many other GPUs, all compute style, which you can use. Um, and that includes the, the A100. They've got a new one called the L40S, which is coming up soon. We're qualifying. Another interesting area we're working with Intel on is they have accelerators on CPU with AMX technology. Now, it's a little bit early days for Nutanix, but we do think it's interesting that for the right sized model, if you're just doing inferencing, potentially you don't need a GPU. Uh, but if you're doing anything intensive and at scale, you, you'll probably want one. The, the Intel AMX, is that currently just on like if you bought a brand new CPU in the last year, you would you'd have, potentially have access to it? Uh, it will be on CPU and it's relatively new in the last year or so. So you, you could expect to see it on the only the latest CPUs. That, yeah, that's fantastic. I always like that the space you think kind of gets to a point where it's got so many cores and so many threads that you just it's it's done, but it continues to evolve itself. <clears throat> yeah, all, all the vendors and all the different parts of the ecosystem, they're all going forward very quickly. Even the models themselves, they're getting forked and updated every few days. Every few days, there's a new uh, news article that says there's a new version of the Llama 2 and it's faster or it's more compact or Falcon has surged forward. Uh, it's an exciting, quickly moving space. Now with kind of Nutanix sitting at the edge and options for the cloud, does that give us a, does it buy anything for, for customers if they want to get into learning as well, if they can do, you know, kind of inferencing at the edge and try to take advantage of maybe bigger CPUs or farms uh, in the cloud? Well, where a customer decides to do this is an interesting choice, which I think will be dependent on a couple of things. What's the workload and solution they want? What model did they choose and how large is it? Uh, which GPU can they acquire, considering the, the constraints in the ecosystem and the very high demand. But whether they do in core data center or at the edge is, is really their choice. What is nice is from the core ACI platform with compatibility for GPU, it comes in a range, a range of different sizes and configurations. Uh, and that includes many different uh, OEM uh, providers as well for the ACI. Um, so with, with GPT in a box, the... As far as getting started, you mentioned some use cases. The, is there just a general service for maybe exploring what like customers that are on the curious side to, to meet with someone to figure out maybe a path forward or a, a proof of concept for their, their own business? Well, I would say you most definitely reach out to your, your account manager, your salesperson, and your, your SE if you're curious. Uh, we have been doing lots of uh, phone calls, doing these kind of introductions. I've been personally involved with that. Um, we, my calendar has been block to block of quite full. <laughs> so what we do also have, I mentioned the three services, because we know this is relatively new to a lot of people, those services are a really good way, not just to engage your sales team, but also say, listen, let's engage services and let's get an assessment and, our, and an architecture designed. Uh, that's going to work for us. And that way we can assess what GPUs are you available, are you able to get? Where do you want to run this? What is your ultimate goal in this solution? If like I would think a lot of like, traditional enterprises, most of their data is probably sitting in databases or spreadsheets. Like I remember hearing some staggering stat of like the world's data is mostly in spreadsheets. If if you fit into one of these older camps, can can you can you take advantage or like I don't even 
Or do you have to have other underlying technology to pull that, that data first? Well, this, this is why we're going to rely on the expertise of the different uh, solution providers, service providers, system integrators. Because once I bring that model in-house and I go to look at my data, well, where is my data sitting? Is it in databases? Is it on web pages? You know, one of the one of the very common answers we're getting is I have thousands of PDFs and you can get that data, but you need some transformation in order to sort of scrape that data in. Um, and there are different techniques for this. So it's it's still a little bit of a wild west out there. And I think the partnership and the sort of the partners available to customers are really going to help here. Now, it's kind of maybe putting you on the spot, but it'd be kind of crazy not to ask you since. We just had the release of AOS um, 6.7 and a new Prism Central version out. Uh, is there anything that you were kind of looking after in your area that you want to maybe talk about? Well, in, in the broader context of AOS and HV, um, I'm very excited for HV, considering the maturity of the platform and where people are evaluating alternatives based on what's going on in the ecosystem right now. So. The big one I'm thinking about is on-demand cross-cluster lab migration. So we had a cross-cluster lab migration feature a few years ago, which was tightly coupled with our disaster recovery solution set. Um, what we've done, which is pretty exciting, is we've decoupled it from DR, although you can still use that method, to say, I can very simply choose a VM and say, I need it on a different cluster and get it moved over there. There are a couple caveats and limitations, just the same as anyone else in the industry, about total milliseconds of of the latency boundary. But what this now allows you to do is take a VM and move it, which we could do before, but often if I use the move product, you could move it very quickly, but you had a restart event. This lets you move a VM, take the data with it, no downtime. And it also means I can take these VMs and put them up on our NC2 solution as well if I've invested there and I want to start moving workloads. Very exciting. Yeah, I think... The, if you can kind of get away from doing all some of the backend stuff and point and click, that makes it pretty pretty seamless. As someone that's had to set up the eight tree metro in the past, you know, I guess you don't you don't really know what you're getting into till after the fact. But auto auto is great. Well, my my goal when I talk to uh, my team, the teams that do it, is I think this is a really great feature set, but I want it to ultimately be a boring feature set because it just works. Um, now, I can build lots of workflows and make it look complicated. And in a way, that's what the DR solution did. But why not just make it simple? I click and I move a VM. And I don't have to think about anything else. I think that's the great outcome for customers. And I think even in that part of that release is access to new APIs, which in this world of, of automation and the advancements in our own, well, I guess we have kind of two, I would say two core automation engines with uh, self-service and and playbooks that you you can really do some crazy things is like responding to alerts and events. And uh, I guess you can, not that, not, you're not going to get rid of staff, but you're not going to have to be waiting on something to happen because you're just going to take action on it right away. Well, I think that's the story for most of our customers is we don't want you to can your staff. We want to let your staff do more important things. I, I don't know of almost any business unit, including my own kind of uh, area in product management, where we don't have another 400 projects in the queue somewhere. So if I can take your staff and get them working on infrastructure and a lot of other higher value things, I think that's great. 
Yes, Slack integration, add CPU, it all happens to your your workload that you're running on and call it a day, like support ticket gone. Okay. That's probably like the most simplistic one, but I think I already, I have my own automation ones for NC2 that, that I, you know, for futuristic ones as far as around DR, but um, yeah, I think anything else to add on the GPT, GPT front or 6.7 before we part ways? Uh, what I think is going to be exciting is we are building a an ecosystem of partners that we will hope to share in the next quarter or so. Um, and we're seeing this across different verticals of types of partners uh, because we want to augment what we're doing as a turnkey infrastructure provider with the AI software platform and also fill in the gaps via partners that customers will need. And that will be the fine tuning that could be building the application on top. Uh, some of our customers are not necessarily application developers. They have a business that they run. They either buy applications, but this could be custom development. So when they need help with that, we want to point them in a direction that can give them that help. Nice. And I think uh, for the listeners, I think if you do have an interesting use case and you have a chance to work on it, uh, keep in mind .next is happening a little bit earlier this year. So please uh, reach out to your, your local sales team. We'd love to showcase your initiative um, on the big stage. Great. That would be awesome. I'd look forward to seeing all those initiatives and customers. Oh, great. Well, thanks for your time, Luke. Really appreciate it. And I uh, look forward to uh, see what's coming out of your portfolio at Nutanix. Awesome. Thanks, Ray. Thanks for listening to the Nutanix Community Podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to next.nutanix.com. So with that, from your friends here at Nutanix, have a great week. Thank you.